Carl Krenzel from Carl Buys Houses. Just wanted to share with you today a quick little message uh, straight to you from Carl Buys Houses. If you've not had a chance to check out my website, please check it out at carlbuyshouses.com. What you'll find is a whole bunch of real estate updates telling you about the real estate market here in Tucson. If you have an unwanted property, have an opportunity to certainly tell me a little bit more about it to get a fair, fast offer on your unwanted home. And of course, you'll also find the Carl Buys Houses podcast where I go ahead and share special local information about the real estate market here in town. If you're trying to get more information, then certainly check us out. Carl Buys Houses over there on Spotify or on your Apple Music or whatever your current podcast catcher is. Now today what I'd like to share with you about, <clears throat> pardon what I'd like to share with you about, is a little bit about the Tucson real estate market and as far as a housing bubble is concerned. Right now if you are to look here, you'll see here a couple different places. Uh, you know, realestateinvestmentadvice.com. Uh, they've got an article put up says that the America's housing market is up 49% since 2012. Now, this is an article that was dated back in January of 2019. So even a year ago, people were concerned about a housing bubble. Now, if you could imagine, imagine a long fuse on a bomb right and that the fuse has been lit you don't know exactly when that fuse is going to go to the actual base of the bomb and explode but bless god it's going to do it you know it will and that's sort of the situation we find ourselves in america today it says here zillow zillow recently published its 2000 and i rem keep in mind this is from 2019 this time last year it says zillow recently published its 2018 housing market report that showed that America's 33.3 trillion housing market is up 49% since 2012, saying the value of the U.S. housing market continues to climb, gaining 6.2% in 2018 to reach a total value of $33 trillion. That's up $10.9 billion from the bottom of the market in 2012, and a third of the gain has come from California. The Golden State's value has climbed $3.7 trillion since February 2012, and the nation's housing crash low. It says no other state has gained more than $1 trillion in that same span. Now listen, I'm not going to lie to you, okay? That's a lot of money. But look what it also says, right? The housing stock in some of the pricey metro areas is so valuable, in fact, that the total value in one market often eclipses that of all housing in the entire state. For example, all homes in the Washington, D.C. metro area are worth a combined $892 billion, which is more than the values of all the homes in 40 individual states, including Colorado, $833 billion, Arizona, $708 billion, and Ohio, $695 billion. So get this. The homes, all of the homes in Washington, D.C., in just the metro area, the worth of them, their combined worth is $892 billion. Now, that's just the Washington, D.C. area, the metro area. If you take all the real estate there and you were to sell it, you might get $892 billion is what they say. That is more 
than all the homes, all the land, and everything in Arizona, the entire state, by two, $200 billion. That gives you some kind of perspective, hopefully, about what you're facing when you're talking about the ballooning rate of the home price. Now, if you were to talk to CoreLogic, okay, their insight report shows you, all right, that the national home price changes, including the distressed sales, increased year over year by 3.7%. And that they, as far as they're concerned, they feel that the home prices are going to increase by 5.3%. Okay, well, that makes sense. If you look at the Case-Shiller trends, it shows the same thing, except that it's positive but moderating change, right? That's what Case Schiller is saying. But when you look at the market conditions indicators of the metro areas, especially for the Tucson area or the Arizona area, and you start looking at the top 10 metros that CoreLogic looks at, they look at and they say, well, gosh, the top 10 metropolitan areas, they say New York, New Jersey City, overvalued. Chicago, Naperville, Arlington Heights, that's a normal price. Los Angeles, normal. Hello. That's a normal market to them. Housing. In, in Houston, in the Woodlands, in the Sugarland, Texas area, guess what? They say you're overvalued. Okay? The Atlanta, Sandy Springs, and Roswell, Georgia area, normal. Get this one, Arizona. Phoenix, Mesa, Scottsdale, Arizona area, overvalued. Hello. Yeah. Imagine that, right? The Washington, Arlington, Alexandria, D.C. area, overvalued. Dallas, Plano, overvalued. Listen, guys, the hits, the hits just keep on coming. You're not alone. Okay, you're not the only person who's sitting there saying, I'm feeling like the market is a little hot, a little overpriced. But when's the other shoe going to fall? Right? Now, if you were to look at... You know, the National Association of Realtors, and I get Lawrence Yun has a bit of a difficult time. He's, he's got a, a challenging role as the economist for the National Association of Realtors. He has to put on a positive face. But look what he said back before the crash about the market. Listen what he said in a, in a, in a speech that he gave back in 2007 in Kentucky. We hear correction, market meltdown, Slump, all this negative words related to the housing market. And I will say there is a housing market correction, but it's not in the area where the consumers would normally associate with. Think about the stock market. Again, when we say stock market correction, people would say, mm, darn, I lost a lot of money. So that's the way uh, people view in the stock market. In the housing, when we say currently slump, meltdown, uh, and other negative uh, words, People are not really losing money, particularly in Lexington. So people who bought a home, perhaps in certain neighborhoods, maybe their values are down 5%, 10%. But in the aggregate, uh, the prices, according to the latest data, is about up about 1% from the year before. If one goes back two years, three years, or four years, they're very happy that they've made a purchase. Their equity has uh, increased as a result of buying a home. But nonetheless... Okay. So, you know, his basic position is this, that, you know, if you ask the average homeowner, 
over the aggregate. Yes, okay, maybe they lost one, two, five, maybe even 10% of their value aggregately over a two, three, four, five year period of time. But overall, they're pretty happy to be in a home. Okay, well, let's look at that. Let's look back here. That's, that's what's going on right here, okay? Look at these homes that were for sale back in the market back then, right? 2008, there was 10,000 homes on the market and it shot up to 10,859 in July of 2008. At the peak of this, there were over 10,000 homes for sale. 10,000 of them in Tucson alone. You couldn't give them away. That's why there were 158,000. And you can see how over time, it's gone down and down and down and down. And now, the available inventory on December was less than 4,000 homes. Right? Meanwhile, the percentage of sale, I'm sorry, the pending sales, you, there was, what, back in December, there was... 12, uh, 11,000 sales in August, and now all the way up to 20,000 sales in December. Now, this is a lot of movement, but what's going on? I mean, when you look at the overall market, look at the Federal Reserve from St. Louis, okay? What are they saying as far as the mortgage debt that's outstanding? If there's one thing you can count on, count on this. When mortgages make buying a home cheaper and easier to acquire debt, the home price goes up. Look at this, back in 1950, okay, $54 million worth of debt. That's how many mortgage debt was in the United States. But then when you started allowing the expansion of the debt process and mortgages, whammo, look at this. At the height of the crash, Okay, there was $14 billion worth of mortgage debt that was outstanding. Okay, and look at the delinquency rate, all right, at the same period of time. When you look at the delinquency rate on commercial real estate loans, excluding the farmland, okay, and banks, all that stuff, right, you can see the delinquency rate back in 1991 was, what, 11%? It shrunk all the way down. You know, it's it's been it's fallen down quite a bit over the years. Then back in 2006, wham! It shot up very quickly. Within just a couple of years, the delinquency rate shot up to eight percent, from one percent to eight percent. Now I'm not very good at math, but that's an enormous percentage. When you shoot up from one percent to eight percent. In less than four years that's an enormous percentage of time to be going crazy on your mortgage delinquency and but look what happened at the same time that this happened the mortgage delinquencies you know people started getting the the tightening you keep hearing about in the lending you know they're tightening the lending well look what they tightened it up did they really tighten it that much because look what's happened mortgage debt now You've got over 50, almost $16 billion worth of mortgage debt outstanding. $16 billion worth of mortgage debt that's outstanding. Where's, the, where's this tightening you keep hearing about? You keep hearing about it, but you don't see it because you see the headlines 
saying that the Federal Reserve has rose, you know, to $15.8 trillion. Now, as this happens at the same time, okay, look what happens. Now they'll tell you, well, Fannie Mae says, well, listen, don't worry, because the, the housing market is going to be an engine of growth. That's, that's, the, that's the buzzword, right? Listen, okay, look, I, I, I'm no fool, okay? I, I'm nobody's fool. I've been around a while, all right? I remember back when, you know, <laughs> I, I remember back when Lawrence Yun was saying, hey, remember back when he was saying this? Yes. Uh, increase as a result of buying a home. But nonetheless, a lot of works, words on correction. So let's see where this is. Home sales are coming down. So that's the national home sales data, which is the one that media will be covering. And if the media is covering, this is what the consumers are getting uh, information. So correction is in the transactions. Fewer home sales, far fewer home sales than before. Stock market coverage, even in news. Do they ever mention the stock volume trading today was far Once again, a false equivalency to a stock market correction. Okay, you, look, if, if you go out and you buy $150,000 worth of stocks, and then you lose 40% of its value in two years, okay, fine. Does not mean that you can't make your payments. Doesn't mean that you can't. You know, doesn't mean that you 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 can't stay living in it. Does. Look, these people go out and they buy a property, and you lose 30 percent of its value, whatever it is, in a couple years, and now all of a sudden you have a property that's no longer worth it. Now they might have all the integrity in the world to stay in their property, but what do you do when everybody else in that homeowner association, when the five six percent of the people who are going through that foreclosure process decide to go ahead and walk away? Or perform a short sale on their property now you've got a problem the homeowners association is short of money listen this this cascades quickly and just because boy I'll tell you just because just because that that happens does not mean that you're all of a sudden in, in the clear look look what they're saying right here Fannie Mae chief economist Doug Duncan says housing appears to be poised to take a leading role in real GDP growth over the forecast horizon for the first time in years. We now expect single family housing starts and sales of new homes to increase substantially. Huh, that's interesting. Okay, so they're expecting these single family housing starts and sales of new homes to increase substantially. Okay, well, you know why they're saying that the Fannie Mae is saying that they expect the single-family housing starts and new sales of new homes to increase substantially? Well, the reason is very clear. It's because the people who are looking to buy property now don't want to buy baby boomer homes. Okay, if you're a baby boomer, you, you're living in your home, you've lived there for a real long time, you know, statistically speaking you're going to stay in that home a lot longer than you might have many years ago. People are just statistically staying in home 7 to 12 years. Okay, they're, they're staying in there a lot longer than they used to be. Now, the, turn, the, the, the turnaround problem is when you try to sell your property, okay, you're trying to sell it to a person coming up who doesn't want it. Why doesn't a millennial want your property? Well, it's pretty simple says millennials and baby boomers tend to make different lifestyle choices from marriage and family to how they spend their money. 
the two generations also have different tastes in homes. Millennials aren't buying the large, elaborate houses built by boomers in sunbelt states like Arizona, Florida, and the Carolinas, and ultimately these houses end up sitting on the market and selling at massive price cuts. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've sat there and, and been in a, in, on the other end of a phone call, right, from somebody who's called up and said that they saw my blog, right, and, and they've seen something like, you know, gosh, you know, my mom, she's getting a little older, you know, uh, I got to take her and put her into uh, an assisted living, and I saw your blog about it, you know, can you help me with it, because I don't want to live in her house, right? You know, so so now they're faced with this issue. I mean, do they want to do a short-term rental, a long-term rental? Do they want to sell their mom's house in total? I mean, what, what's the problem with the gifts? And how, there's a whole lot of problems that people have to come up with. And so if you're trying to sell your property to these millennials, you know, you're going to have a real hard time because they don't necessarily want to buy these big homes that we had here in Tucson for all these years. And that's why you see, you know, this starting to be a problem. Prices are going up. But like I said, you have a fuse. It's a limited period of time in which people can act. Because look at this, all right? The, the, the fertility rate, Americans simply are just not having babies anymore. So the people who are looking to buy your home is this baby boomer millennial type, you know, people, type of, 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 of uh, market. And, and the reality is that even amongst the millennials, they don't necessarily want to buy your property. You know, there's half of them would just as soon rent, and the other half would consider buying, but the problem is they have student debt. So let's take a look at what our buddy over here at the National Association of Realtors has to say about student debt. One thing on the housing market is that we know that the millennial generation, young adults, uh, home ownership rate are much lower compared to similar younger generation of past years. Something is holding back, even in a good economy, and big uh, overhang is the student debt, uh, which has tripled in the past 10 years, uh, and consequently, uh, some just mentally and psychologically do not want to take out another large uh, loan. So large student debt, they want to pay that off before taking on a mortgage debt, uh, while also at the same time, people with student debt who wants to buy a home, they simply cannot qualify for a mortgage uh, because it makes the debt to income ratio too high. Uh, so student debt is holding back some of the buying potential among the millennial generations. So part of the problem there, as you can see, is that if you're trying to find a buyer for your property, you can clearly see that part of the problem is that the the Tucson market itself, you've got less and less people who are buying homes and fewer and fewer people who are able to buy them at the prices that they are asking. So what you'll see here is today is what, 259,000. By all the evidence I've shown you so far, it seems to me like we're getting pretty close to the end of that fuse. I'd like to hear what you have to say. Tell me what your thoughts are in the comments below. If you happen to know of any unwanted property, feel free to reach me at carlbyshouses.com. I'd love to check out that unwanted property and give you a fair, fast, un a fair, fast offer on your unwanted property. Thanks for calling me, and you have a powerful day. Take care.